President Collins. Present. Vice President Shioda. Present. Commissioner Beltran. Present. Commissioner Benavides is absent. Commissioner Brenzel. Here. Commissioner Carney. Present. Commissioner Ferris is absent. Commissioner Hakimi is not yet here. Commissioner Liu is absent. Commissioner McCoy. Here. Commissioner Moosley. Here. Commissioner Rothschild. Here. Commissioner Schneer. Here. Commissioner Shelby. And Commissioner Stryker is absent as well as ex officio Tanner, but we do have a quorum. And for the record, um, Director of Cultural Affairs Ralph Remington is here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Commissioner Collins, would you like to proceed with our public meeting instructions? So now I'd like to begin the meeting by some public meeting instructions. I'd like to welcome all persons interested in this meeting to attend in person at City Hall room 416. This meeting is live on TV 2, Comcast 78, Astound 28, and AT&T UVerse 99. I want to remind us of the policies and procedures for public meetings. At this meeting, we are bound to follow the structure of our agenda and adhere to the best practices set out in the Good Government Guide. At every public meeting, there will be an opportunity for general public comment where members may comment on any item pertaining to this body. Public comment will be taken in person with remote access provided for those who require an ADA accommodation. Respectfully, we ask that you keep your public comment on the topic. Each public comment is limited to three minutes. Please understand that the commission does not contribute dialogue towards public comments. Each comment will be documented for public records. I will now turn it over to our Chief of Staff, Alyssa Ventry, for public comment instructions. For members of the public joining in person who wish to comment on agenda items, once you're called on, you'll be asked to voice your comment at the podium. You'll see blank public comment cards located on the podium. You're recommended but not required to fill out this card, which will be included in the minutes. I will start your three minutes. When you speak using a visual timer, you will also receive a 30-second audible warning. When your time is up, I'll say your time is up. Participants who wish to speak on other agenda items may listen for the next public comment opportunity. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes, if it's 150 words or less, to art-info.sfgov.org. The summary may be rejected if it exceeds the prescribed word limit or if it's not an accurate summary of the speaker's comments. Persons attending the meeting and those unable to attend may submit written comments regarding the subject of the meeting. Such comments will be made part of the official public record and will be brought to the attention of the commissioners. Written comments should be submitted to the Arts Commission staff 
via email to art-info.sfgov.org by 5 p.m. before the date of the meeting to ensure comments are shared with commissioners ahead of the meeting. Please note that names and addresses included in these submittals will become part of the public record. Submittals may be made anonymously. Written public comments submitted to SFAC staff will not be read aloud during the meeting. Communications received after 5 p.m. before the date of the meeting may be delivered to SFAC staff and will be shared with commissioners. If you need to request a reasonable accommodation under ADA or need to request language assistance, you may contact the Commission Secretary at least 48 hours in advance of the meeting at art-info at sfgov.org. Our office will make every effort to accommodate all requests. President Collins, please proceed with the meeting when you're ready. Thank you very much. I would like to start the meeting by reading our land acknowledgement statement. The San Francisco Arts Commission acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral home of the Ramatush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula area. As the indigenous stewards of this land, and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatush Ohlone have never ceded nor lost nor forgotten their responsibilities as caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their ancestral and traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. As a department dedicated to promoting a diverse and equitable arts and cultural environment in San Francisco, we are committed to supporting the traditional and contemporary evolution of the American Indian community. I would now like to call on agenda item number two, and this is the approval of our minutes, a discussion and possible action. Uh, this is to approve the November 6, 2023 minutes. And may I remind commissioners to say their name after they respond to the motion and ask for a motion, and I'm asking for a motion to approve the November 6, 2023 minutes. I'll Com ask for a motion and a second. Commissioner Beltran, so move. Commissioner Schneer, second. Thank you very much. I'm now calling for any public comment on item number two, approval of the minutes. For those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium and fill out the public comment information card. We are currently on item number two. As a reminder, time will start when you begin speaking. You'll see a visual timer on the podium and receive a 30-second audible warning before your time concludes. I'm now requesting comments from those who are in person. Is there anyone who would like to make public comment on the current agenda item. I see no public comment. Public comment is now closed. So now I'm going to ask for the final motion. We have a motion to, uh, to approve the November 6, 2023 minutes. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries unanimously, thank you. I'm now calling agenda item number three, which is general public comment. Uh, any discussion? This allows members of the public to comment generally on matters within the, within the commission's purview, as well as to suggest new agenda items for the committee's consideration. Is there any general public comment at this time? For those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium and fill out the public comment information card. We are currently on item number three. 
As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You'll see a visual timer on the podium and receive a 30-second audible warning before your time concludes. I'm now requesting comments from those in person. I see we have one um, public comment. So I will go ahead and start your three minutes when you begin speaking. Uh, President Collins um, and Commissioners and Director Remington, my name is Raquel Redondius. I'm the Director of Soma Filipinas, the Filipino Cultural Heritage District of San Francisco. And um, last time we were here at public comment, we shared the update that there was a, a legislation being proposed by Supervisor Dor Dorsey that would eliminate the 1% art requirement for 100% affordable housing. Just want to share with you that we continue to work with uh, Supervisor Dorsey to find alternative sources of funds for that. We were initially looking at the Public Art Trust, but upon just learning more from your staff about the trust, uh, I think we've decided to go a different direction, but we'd love to continue to update you on that. Uh, today, I'm here to, um, to share with you an, another related uh, uh, legislation that Supervisor Dorsey is introduced has introduced. It's to support the Soma Pilipinas Gateway and to urge um, the commission to have the gateway be part of the civic arts collection. Um, as you know, the Soma Pilipinas is founded on a very thriving um, cultural arts um, scene with film, music, theater, many of which are funded by the Arts Commission. However, um, we continue to lack a visual representation. Um, and until today, um, we do not have a permanent um, cultural marker, um, such as uh, Chinatown's Dragon's Gate or uh, Japantown's Peace Pagoda, or even Little Saigon's um, Pillars um, that welcome me on Larkin Street. And so, um, you know, part of this is that, um, and this has really caused us to be invisibilized, including the ongoing displacement of residents and small businesses, as well as just the lack of um, real estate ownership of our community. Um, and, you know, again, the lack of the public art. And so, we're excited that Supervisor Dorsey has introduced this resolution. This is something that we've met with um, your um, director, uh, public art director, Mary Chu and Lex and other staff about. And uh, because it will be um, heard in committee next week, we wanted to just uh, give you a courtesy update on the resolution. I have copies of the resolution here today. And um, some of the background of why we're coming to you is because um, when um, undertaking our chess report, we found, or the city's um, consultant found that the the Arts Commission's largest civic arts collection is actually in District 6, but um, none of the pieces represent uh, the rich history, um, culture, and arts of the Filipino community. In fact, the only uh, mark monuments in the city's collection are war trophies um, the, um, that represent the colonization of the Philippines. Um, you know, for example, and probably the most prominent is the 85-foot Dewey Monument. And so in contrast, the Soma Gateway would actually be um, a beautiful representation of um, our community's connection to, to our homeland as well as um, just a collective experience and triumphs of the Filipino community. So we have, have other um, members of our team to also share more background. And if I could give this to your, um, the sec commission secretary to pass around. Thank you. Mm 
Hi. So I will begin your three minutes when you begin speaking. Hi, everyone. Hi, uh, commissioners. My name is Christina Biba, and I'm arts, arts administrator with Soma Pilipinas. Um, since July 21, the Soma Pilipinas Gateway has been a community-led process. And in the initial surveys to community residents to, pre to determine the priorities for public art making, um, we, did, we found that um, the gateway was unanimously identified as the most wanted and most popular cultural marker in our district. Um, when we presented the initial gateway design in July 2021 after our call for design proposals, a community member shared feedback and sh uh, selected artist Francesca Gamez. Um, since then, Sama Pilipinas has worked with community organizations to plan activations at the Russ and Folsom intersection to reimagine the place as a site for community culture and joy and incorporate community input with each progression of Francesca's design. So we've presented the model and design at multiple community events, including um, Soma Sunday Streets, Bessie Carmichael, events for students, and then also through multiple ethno tours um, that we've done with Balboa High School students and Bessie Carmichael students. We've also shared the district gateway design with not over nine feedback sessions with our our seven constituent-based community advisory groups, including residents, school communities, artists, seniors, small business owners, community workers, and youth, um, which, which uh, comes out to 50 constituents. Um, throughout those surveys, people have shared that the gateway highlights the way that we are Filipino-American and the part of the diaspora. It's like a bridge because it honors our heritage and honors our present. Um, the San Francisco Monuments and Memorials Report conducted on behalf of the Arts Commission recommends that new work should center voices and stories that have been neglected by the current collection, but are important to the history and identity of San Francisco. Yet there are no works in the San Francisco Civics Arts Collection within the South of Market that represents Filipino culture and identity. However, generations of community activists have played an active role in ensuring Filipino communities can live and thrive in San Francisco. The NEA report conducted by Soma Filipinas concluded permanent cultural markers like the gateway will advance racial equity and representation in the arts as Filipino community members feel connected to their history and celebrate our collective struggle, contributions, and victories. We invite the Arts Commission to support the construction and maintenance of the gateway so that we can honor the legacy of our unsung Shiro and heroes who laid the path for us and as an expression of solidarity with all other people who have struggled to be recognized. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. I'll go ahead and start your three minutes when you begin speaking. Great. Thank you. Hello, commissioners. Uh, David Wu. I'm the uh, policy coordinator uh, and land use analyst uh, with Soma Pilipinas. The Soma Filipinas CHESS report, uh, which stands for Cultural Heritage, Housing, and Economic Sustainability Strategies report, was passed unanimously by the Board of Supervisors and signed by the mayor in September 2022, last year. The CHESS report details community priorities and strategies developed through a community process in concert and partnership with various city departments. 
The Soma Pilipinas chess report strategies include city support for cultural district public realm improvements, including the creation of monuments such as gateways. The report also includes city support for working with the San Francisco Arts Commission and other city departments to support and maintain community empowering monuments. We urge the San Francisco Arts Commission to support in the creation of the Soma Pilipinas Gateway by using undesignated funds in the Public Art Trust. As you uh, all know, the 1% public art requirement was created to help ensure that areas of San Francisco that see intensive development are not dreary and lifeless and contain public art that contributes to the vibrancy of the city. The creation of the Public Art Trust is a further extension of this, allowing some of these funds to be used to significantly enhance the cultural ecology of San Francisco. The Art Trust allows for the creation, installation, and exhibition of permanent public works of art in the public realm within a half mile of the boundary of the C3 district, which is the case for the location for the Russ and Folsom Soma Pilipinas Gateway. As described by the SF Arts Commission, the Public Art Trust goals include enlivening and activating with the dynamic art environment, providing public access to artistic excellence and diversity in artistic expression, and ensuring that San Francisco is competitive with other major urban destinations for cultural tourism. With the majority of projects that have contributed um, still undes undesignated funds to the Public Art Trust being located within the South of Market. Supporting the Gateway would be an appropriate and exciting use of funds to help support the cultural diversity, expression, and growth of public art within the South of Market in San Francisco. Thank you. Thank you. We have no other public comment. Public comment is closed for this item. Thank you. <clears throat> I'm now calling agenda item number four. For members of the public that wish to make public comment, you may raise your hands now. This is a discussion and a presentation on our strategic plan. Um, by the way, you know that there is something a little bit out of order, and typically we have the director's report now, but since that was not agendized and we have our director of cultural affairs here, uh, there will be not a, uh, a director not an error, it's just the way we have to stay true to our agenda. Uh, so now we're on the strategic plan overview presentation. At the beginning of this year, the Arts Commission re issued a request for proposals for the planning and development of an agency-wide strategic and business plan to help the Commission build a system of accountability, provide tools to measure the agency's success and growth, and provide long-term assistance with agency goal setting. After a rigorous process, AECOM Technical Services LLC was chosen as the consultant. We are now excited to start the process. Uh, I'd like to uh, turn this over to Director of Cultural Affairs uh, Remington to provide any introductory comments. Uh, thank you, President Collins. Uh, Hello, everyone. I am um, Ralph Remington, Director of Cultural Affairs, San Francisco Arts Commission. I um, just want to say that uh, there was a rigorous, a very rigorous process. Uh, we had several great uh, applicants uh, in this in that uh, process, and uh, AECOM uh, won out over all of the applicants. 
Uh, it was, um, uh, they were quite impressive. And I had a chance to get a preview uh, last week of uh, what they're going to show you today. And I think uh, you're going to be really impressed and really excited about what we're going to embark upon in this next year. So without further ado, uh, Linda Chu. Thank you, Director Remington, and I'm glad you're here. Yeah. Um, good afternoon, Commissioners and President Collins. I'm happy to be here. My name's Linda Chu. Um, I'm a Vice President with AECOM's Economics and Advisory Group. If you've heard of AECOM, you might think of them in terms of engineering, but I'm actually in a small specialty practice that focuses on arts and cultural consulting, um, particularly kind of planning and economic advisory services and business planning for um, both public agencies, arts and cultural organizations, and cultural districts and entertainment districts as well. Um, and we'll learn a little bit more about our firms later. Um, I thought I'd just go through quickly to talk about today you're going to kind of meet our team that's here and hear about some of the people who are not here right now. Um, we're going to talk to you about the planning process that's going to occur over the next year and a half or so. Um, and then we're going to take questions from you. Okay, so here's our team. Um, so again, I'm Linda Chu, just I guess a little bit about me. I'm um, a third generation living in San Francisco. Um, I've actually been personally involved in arts and cultural organizations here um, as a participant, a parent, volunteer, board member, um, so I'm very familiar with the context. Um, and I'm here joined by my colleague, Sean Tapia. Um, he's from our Chicago office, so we have kind of a local but national practice. Sean, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Thanks, Linda. Like you said, Sean Tapia, um, I'm here for this project to lead a lot of the research, data analytics, and equity components. I also lead that for our broader team within AECOM, focusing on sustainability, climate resilience, and then putting all of that, all of our analytical processes through an equity lens because that's a key component of all the work that we do. So I'm excited to be here with you all and to kick this off and get working with the community. So Sean is modest. He's actually kind of started and pioneered our equity um, analysis practice, looking at public agency investments across various social and equity um, indices. So he can talk more about that later. Um, also, I'm joined by Martin Cohen from the Cultural Planning Group. Um, he's going to introduce himself in a second. Um, actually, do you want to come up now? And you can also talk about your firm. We have a couple other colleagues here which, um, who I'll talk about when we talk about our, our team. Sure. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, I'm Martin Cohen. I'm a partner with a firm called the Cultural Planning Group. Uh, we're partnering with AECOM on this project. And um, you can see it's, you know, we've got our little, like I said, I have you in front of you here too. Um, so this gives you a sense of the different firms. And Cultural Planning Group is a firm that was founded in 1998 um, here in California. Um, I'm actually based in Philadelphia. I've been with the firm since 2009 and have um, many years in the arts administration and in arts philanthropy. Um, I moved to Philadelphia in 2001 to work with Pew Charitable Trust as a program officer. And prior to that, I spent about 20 years in the dance world as an executive director, um, including here in California and Los Angeles back in the 80s. So I've had a long career in the arts. And um, a lot of the work that we do at Cultural Planning Group is really focused on working with public agencies, such as the Arts Commission. We do cultural pl planning 
um, master plans across the country. Um, many right now, we're working in San Diego, we're working in Portland. Uh, we do creative economy planning. We're just finishing up for the state of Washington. Um, and that's just some example of it. And uh, th this is really the focus of our work. So we're really pleased to have an opportunity to partner with AECOM, with the, uh, with the commission on this project. Um, be happy a little bit later to answer any more questions about CPG, but um, we're just going to be one of the elements in, in the plan. So want to talk about the other team members? Um, and we have a third team member, Interethnica. Um, so Interethnica is a firm that's been around for about 20 years, um, and they specialize in community engagement, um, focused on equity, and so they will be getting involved as we go through our stakeholder engagement. Um, and just a little bit more about AECOM's um, practice, because we're actually from a legacy firm called Economics Research Associates, or ERA, and we were founded over 65 years ago, um, doing a mix of public agency, nonprofit, and private developer, um, projects, um, and we regularly work with city and county departments, so we're very familiar with the city and county family and all the other kind of San Francisco public agencies. And we also have worked for a lot of kind of nonprofits, nonprofit arts and cultural organizations here in the city. Um, done a lot of kind of strategic and business planning for them and market analysis. Okay, so this is our team's experience. Um, as Martin said, we've worked kind of around the country, so we have a lot of local experience, but it's very much a national practice. We don't just do strategic, here we're doing a strategic and business plan um, for the agency. We also do kind of broader arts and culture master plans, public art plans, um, and social and racial equity analysis. And we also just as often work for the organizations um, that you serve, right? So we work for the nonprofits, helping them work through all sorts of issues from sort of real estate and facilities to, you know, business planning, strategies, strategic priorities, and so forth. And we thought it'd be helpful. We just actually wrapped up, uh, sort of AECOM and CPG just wrapped up um, a, a uh, equity analysis for the LA County Department of Arts and Culture. Um, and I just wanted to, Sean, to talk a little bit about it because um, I think the one aspect of this strategic plan that's a little bit unique is we do have an equity analysis included looking at all of your kind of grants data. Um, so I wanted, Sean, just to briefly talk about what we did in Los Angeles. Yeah, so like Linda said, uh, we wrapped up this project probably towards the beginning of this year, end of last year. Uh, and it was very unique in that we had the opportunity to not only meet with the arts department, the county's arts department, to understand the way they were providing funding and programming throughout LA County and how that was being prioritized, uh, which you can see here on this map. But we also had the opportunity to meet with all of the other departments within LA County. We spoke to every single department to understand what programs or funding they were providing individually as well as collectively as a member of the county for arts and culture programming and to understand who had access to that, who was prioritized by those different programs and resources. And one of the more creative things we were able to do is come up with a very unique arts equity index for LA County. We collected all of this data from the department, from public sources to understand really who had honest access and funding opportunities for arts and culture programs throughout LA County and who didn't and when and how that procurement and provision of those funding and sources happens and occurs and what are the opportunities to expand those in the future. Uh, and so what you'll see here on the screen is a map of that broad access. Uh, the, the darker color there, if I'm looking at it correctly, it's a little bit far away, is less 
equitable access to arts and culture. Uh, the red areas highlighted, there are 10 there, are the zip codes throughout the county that have the highest concentration of arts and culture programming uh, from a funding perspective. So you can clearly see there is a, a division of opportunity and access to funding throughout the county now. Uh, and one of the more unique things we were able to do as a part of this project and what the county is taking forward over the next few years is engaging with the arts organizations, individual artists, uh, community members on how to utilize this data and information. Uh, if you go to that link there at the bottom, it's a full tool that we created for folks to understand the nuances of the data. You can zoom in and out on the map, understand collectively within your unique community where you have access to arts and culture programming, how much, and where those opportunities are expanding. And so at the beginning of this year, we actually had the opportunity to meet with the department, uh, which hosts a datathon every year around access to data arts and data equity. And so they hosted this event uh, in early April. Uh, it was very successful. We had over 100 people, just members of the public, individual artists, representatives from some of the more prominent community organizations you know, throughout LA County come and participate and show us how they could use this data to apply for more grants, to expand their outreach to other projects uh, and other communities. And so we're hoping with this project to be able to understand where the access to opportunity is and create something just as unique, just as specific to uh, the city of San Francisco and the folks and communities that you all serve. So I think I'll turn it over to Martin. Oh, Linda. <laughs> Linda. So if you go to the website, you can actually kind of click on and off, look at all the different kind of uh, indices. And so we're not quite doing that uh, for this, but we are doing some component of that. We're doing the analysis. Um, so let's give you an overview of our process. So it's basically a three-part process. Um, the first is really just getting oriented and setting the context, gathering data. Um, and that's sort of what we're doing right now. We'll probably be doing that through January. Um, and then we, you know, for the better part of next year, we're doing a lot of research and engagement. Um, engagement with stakeholders. Um, Martin's going to talk a little bit more about who we'll be engaging with and, and how. Um, and we anticipate that to go through summer. Um, and then after that, we're going to identify strategic priorities. I would think at that point we'll be coming back to you. Um, by the way, you are part of the stakeholder community, so we'll be engaging with you um, as well as commissioners. Um, and then we will um, also be doing some benchmarking. Um, after that, we'll identify the strategic priorities and then get into the business planning, which is really the implementation part of this. So we're going to be looking at staffing and budgets um, and really kind of action items over a, a period of time. So Martin, do you want to get a little bit more into kind of how we do what we do? Yeah, so I get to get in the weeds a little bit with you here. Um, so as you can see, there's really uh, four elements here in the strategic planning process. And essentially what we're in the midst of now is what we refer to as due diligence, um, or sometimes it's referred to as existing conditions. It's really understanding the environment, the background information, the data, you know, kind of where are you now, understanding the agency from that standpoint. So we're looking a lot at existing plans, some of the background documentation, et cetera. And it, it, it's just that historic look back to understand what has brought it to this point and where is it now at this point. And then we begin to go forward by the engagement process. I'll, I'll, I'll unpack that a little bit further. Um, but that is the bulk of our uh, qualitative research and, and having an opportunity to talk to the stakeholders, those who are in the arts community, those who are grantees, 
um, those who are within the city. In fact, in the, over the next couple of days, we're going to be doing a lot of what we refer to as internal stakeholders, primarily within the city. We'll unpack that a little for you, too. And of course, talking to other artists and creatives across the city. Um, and, the, and then more from the quantitative standpoint, getting into some of what Sean was discussing, the data analytics, really looking at the market and economic conditions um, and the context. For the, and we're going to be looking at a great deal of grant data. We're going to be wanting to understand those trends. We're going to understand who's been receiving the money, what's been happening over a period of years. We've requested and we're beginning to review five years of data from 2018 through 2022 and into 2023, I mean. And, and getting a sense, and it, you know, it's a snapshot, but it begins to give a sense of, uh, with, we know with the blip of, of course, 20 and 21 is an anomaly in just about everywhere in the country. And then we'll go into uh, looking at benchmarking and comparables, looking at other cities. How does San Francisco compare to cities that will determine that really makes sense? And oftentimes, when we're doing comparables or we're doing benchmarking, uh, we always recommend uh, make the determination much later on in the process about what is it we want to examine. And we do that, and we recommend that um, specifically because in the early parts of the process, a lot of questions are going to come up. So uh, it used to be you would do benchmarking, go out and just do a grid and, and understand other agencies. But we want to know what we want to learn and in what ways do we want to compare ourselves. Technology, it works. I love it. So um, in terms of stakeholder engagement, um, pretty three, three important sections here, right? Who are we going to talk to? How will we uh, engage with them? Uh, and um, you know, or how will the engagement be organized? And how will we um, engage with those stakeholders? So on the left there, you can see in the sort of the, uh, the, the darker blue um, a sense of who we'll be talking to over the next several months, and obviously including all of the commissioners and the county and city stakeholders. Uh, but of course, our primary uh, stakeholders that we're going to be talking to are those in the arts, culture, and creative communities here in San Francisco. And um, the intent is really to look at how we can organize them into whether it's size of organization and budget. And the intent is to look across the spectrum of everybody in the arts crea and creative community. This isn't about one size of organization or what kind of organization. It's not about one kind of geography. It's about really looking across disciplines, about other, uh, all kinds of creatives, where they live, uh, how they work within the arts, the kind of practice that they have, um, and understanding all of those different considerations um, that need to be taken into place. And then we, and how do we do that, right? We, we, it's, it's listening. Um, it's a, engagement is really about listening and asking a set of questions of them um, through, through focus groups, um, through discussion groups, um, through individual conversations, um, and through um, some online tools where they'll have a chance to look at uh, responding to specific questions. We don't know what those tools are yet because, again, like the benchmarking, like the comparables, we like to do that a little bit later in the process so we can be a little more focused on what are the questions we want to ask, who do we want to learn from, and what, what specifically do we need to learn further about in the process. So that's really what the engagement process is like. Ha, 
wrong direction. Here we go. So um, strategic plan elements, pretty straightforward. Here on the on the left here, uh, these check marks here, are, um, you know, in a sense, best practices. What are good elements that you usually find in a strategic plan? Um, every strategic plan consultant will give you some variation of this. So, you know, so this is our approach to it here. But ultimately, moving to the right side of this, I'm with the arrow that um, the, these, this, the bullet points on the right uh, give you a sense of what will be the sections of the strategic plan for the uh, San Francisco Arts Commission um, and, and how this will begin to move forward. Pretty straightforward. And that brings us up to the business plan, which is really about the implementation. Linda, do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Okay. I, again, this is, you know, we've got these lovely icons here, but this gives you a sense of, of you know, what are, the, what are the pieces that are implementation plan. Um, it's a great deal of research. You know, we're really spending the bulk of our time over the next six to seven, eight months listening, learning, examining data, looking for where we see those consistencies, what are the anomalies, what are the things that we have to ask? What do we need to learn about? And, and that's why we look forward to talking with all of you, is hearing about you know, what is it we want to be different as a result of this plan. That's really why this plan is being you know, engaged in, is we want to see something happen and really give direction to the agency for the next several years. So these are the elements that would be in that implementation section. Um, some very tactical, very practical sorts of things, such as the staffing and budget analysis. Um, you know, uh, we're already, as we're collecting data, um, right, we're consultants, we'd like to give you lots of recommendations. So we'll come back and suggest some data collection and organization about how that can be more effective and efficient for the agency. Uh, communications plan on how to share the strategies going forward. And of course, evaluative tools and systems of accountability. How do we hold ourselves accountable? How do we make sure that we, you know, when we come to you with a plan and you adopt that strategic plan, how do you hold yourselves accountable in moving that forward? So um, that's what we have in store for you for the next year or so. So um, we, at this point, I think we just want to open it up and see, uh, we talk through this and see if you have any questions. And so remember that this is an introduction. We're not debating today. We're <laughs> reading questions so that we can better understand the context. This is Commissioner Beltran. Uh, I don't have a question. I have a compliment. I think we're incredibly fortunate to have you helping us through this process, and I wanted to compliment our director, um, Director Remington, for you know undergoing the extensive uh, research and, and um, looking into who would be a good firm and just based on your experience and all of the past clients you've worked on and your process, I'm like completely impressed and blown away and very, very excited about working with you. Uh, this is Commissioner Brenzel. I have a question about community engagement. Mm -hmm. um, you talked about w the one group that I saw, uh, groups I guess, are the cultural centers that we're going to engage with. But I wondered about just the all of San Francisco who are, you know, I don't know how you get information from all the people who see all the public art and all of the things that, you know, the, the grants go to the artists and the artists make art and then all of the citizens of San Francisco are, you know, engaged by the art. Is there a way to do, is, is community engagement sort of in there that is outside of the arts community, if yeah. that makes sense? So. Uh, that's, that's, that's an excellent question. Um, 
what I would say is this distinct difference between a strategic agency strategic plan and a community cultural plan is just that. In an agency strategic plan, you're focusing on, you know, those that are within the direct constellation, mm. if you will. And this is not about going to the general public. We often refer to in a large cultural planning process about you know the the general resident of a community and what's their vision for arts and culture, but in a strategic plan, your focus and engagement is much more internalized. Uh, we are though engaging with organizations that are beyond. So we're starting with your grantees. We're also looking at people who have applied but maybe not been successful because that's very important too. We're also going to be including all of the grants for the arts um, applicants as well as awardees. So it will be a much broader set. And then individual artists listening sessions too. This is a follow-up to um, Mr. Brenzel's question. Wouldn't all of San Francisco be included though in perhaps the metrics stage at the very end, the evaluation, in terms of your suggestion for tools for, for metrics and evaluation? Um. I, I guess I would take that under advisement at this point that, you know, I wouldn't, I would be hard to determine what those evaluative tools would be at this point. Um, it really depends on what emerges as the strategic issues that we find. So it very well may be a, the case, but. Hi, this is uh, Vice President Shiota. Nice to see you. Uh, I just met you virtually um, on the, the pre-calls. Um, thanks for taking on this project. It's a big one. Um, so. Uh, to follow up um, on both the questions, um, maybe being able to meet with some of the district supervisors because they are also involved in some of uh, the arts program mm -hmm. within their district. Um, so that's just a comment. Um, and then the other question I had was, um, you said you were going to do a data set from the past five years, but with COVID kind of being a real budget mm. outlier and allocation. <clears throat> For at least two and a half years of that, how do you how do you get a a baseline that is going to go forward five years? You, you know what I'm saying. So maybe the data set could be ten or bigger. I mean, I, I think Sean would be very happy to look at 10, 20 years of data. If um, I think we'd have to see what the staff capacities. I know that the systems have changed several times, even during the last five years. So the staff right now have been manually pulling lists for us. Well, which is you know, very, very time consuming. So, but I think ideally we always like more data. We would love to look at 10 years of history when we're looking at sort of grants, at least on the equity analysis. Um, on the engagement, I think we're assuming five years of data, including applicants and awardees for both the Arts Commission and Grants for the Arts, probably is a fairly broad, um, right, fairly yeah. broad list. As well as applicants who were right. unsuccessful. Mm -hmm. so. Uh, this is uh, Commissioner Schneer um, uh, going along with uh, what Vice President Chioda said. Um, I think it's a, uh, helpful to understand that uh, because of between the pandemic and uh, change of uh, cultural director and several other things, we've gone through already like a five-year period with no strategic plan. Yeah. So I think getting a little more data in there because of the pandemic and everything is going to be really helpful. Uh, in terms of how we move forward. Yeah, I agree. It's hard to draw trends from a couple of years when you have the pandemic in between. Yeah. So. I mean, we understand the difficulty, and I don't want to put any extra uh, 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 workload on, on staff. That's not what it's about. But because we've gone through five years without anything, it would be great to have a little more data to help us out with. 
Shelby, um, I have a general question, I guess. Do you start with uh, a set of goals and um, uh, I guess at the beginning or do you wait for interviews uh, to like to establish what it is that you think we need to do stronger, better, more efficient? Or is there like um, uh, other past projects maybe that you start with as far as, okay, uh, these are similar, we can start here, they may change once we do the interviews, or, or is it, how does that process work? Because, you know, a lot of the questions that are coming up mm -hmm. are unique to San Francisco in some cases, as opposed to other um, commissions or similar types of bodies across the nation. We won't identify strategic priorities, which would then guide the actual plan until probably July. So we, list, we have to do a lot of listening, a lot of reading, because you've actually done, there's been a lot of reports done um, in recent years. Um, and we really need to review all the data and sort of talk to everyone first. That being said, I think there's certain topics, right, like sort of that every strategic plan identifies and, and sort of addresses. So there's staffing and budgeting and, um, I mean, access to arts. And there's governance issues, operational structure, right? So there's a number of issues which will be covered um, in almost any strategic plan and business plan. Um, but I think we remain open. We don't want to determine any sort of priorities right now. Um, we really have to listen first. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah I, yeah, I guess I would just I would just say is, you know, if we go back and look at some of those the outlines of process, you know, what we call the due diligence is really about learning and understanding the context of everything. And that's, that's sort of then build on the listening. So I, I guess I would just add to it as, as opposed to starting with any assumptions, we start with a lot of questions, but we use also that due diligence to frame a lot of the questions. I had one question. Thank, this is Commissioner Hakimi. Thank you for, for your presentation. That was great. Um, I, I also wanted to understand, so you said it's about seven, eight to a year timeline of when this is going to be done. How often are we going to hear back from you with reports and updates? Because I assume as you go and you do due diligence, things change, and you might need to get more feedback. And so far, how, how much are we going to be engaged in that process with you? Um, yeah, I, there, will, there will be some key points along the line, um, particularly, I, I think, after we have the opportunity to get through the engagement, to come back and share with you. And you know, I like to call it sort of holding up the mirror, saying, you know, this is what we heard. Does this sound right to you? You know, um, because we're doing the listening, we'd like to reflect it back and a chance for you to respond to that and and, mm -hmm. and maybe have questions about it. And some of it, you know, we always like to say, if you ask the question, you have to be prepared for the answer. So we don't know what we're going to hear. So, you know, we're, we'll come back and share with you what we hear. And then later on in the stage, as things begin to emerge in the plan, um, there'll be an opportunity to have some conversations about where the strategies are going before they're certainly finalized into a plan in particular. And then, at the, of course, at the end of the process, come back and say, okay, you know, here's what the plan looks like and the opportunity for you to adopt it accordingly. And I would say one thing, just thinking about Commissioner Shelby's question, um, I think if each of you can think about when we meet with you, you know, start thinking now, what are the key issues that when we come back to you a year from now, you want answered? Because as a consultant, you never want to hear the question the first time when you're presenting at the final report. So we'd really start thinking about, you know, what do you think the key issues are? What are the questions that you think really need to be addressed and answered within the context of this strategic and business plan? Um, and that would be very helpful for us. Any other commissioner questions? 
Our comments? I, I do have a comment. I, I want to congratulate the whole process for arriving at your conclusion. Um, one of the things in, in the um, process of reviewing the potential consultants was something that Mr. Tapia was talking about, and that is the creative economy planning. Would you talk about that in particular? Uh, we're in a difficult fiscal and contextual situation. And we know that arts account for 11% of our economy. And we have a lot of data to support that, Americans for the arts, etc. So kind of leaning into Mr. Tapia and the creative economy, one of the outcomes, I hope, is that we'll have a clearer understanding of how we as a commission and perhaps other assets in our city can really drive towards uh, that comment about the creative economy planning. Would you just pause for a couple of seconds and give us some thinking on that? Do you want to start and I'll sure. <laughs> add my comments? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, you know, as we look at data, uh, what we'll do is we'll, we'll certainly take a look at creative economy data um, that is different than what you see for Americans for the Arts. That's, that is an economic impact study versus understanding who's working within the creative economy, you know, who are, what are, the, who are in the occupations, you know, uh, what, uh, how much are they earning and things of that nature, which is a lot different than economic impact. Um, so they're very different kinds of studies. And we can pull that data fairly easily and look at that contextually for San Francisco. Um, and that, I, I think it's qualitatively, that is data that is helpful in understanding of how does that jive with, as opposed to necessarily dictating your strategies, it's, it's complementary to your strategies and saying, as we're working with individual artists and creatives, you know, do we need to expand the definition of who we're working with? Or in some cases, maybe you want to even narrow it in some kind of way. Um, because creative economy is a very expansive term, and it really requires thinking about how do we define what we mean by creative economy? So, so the reason I'm saying that is that the headline of a great process in this city is that arts are helping to drive our recovery. Right. And we can get to all of the equity issues. They are inherent in the answer to the question because we won't drive the conclusion unless we are uh, equitable in, in how we approach it. But I think that's very important for us to understand that the Board of Supervisors, our chambers of commerce and all of the other mechanisms that are looking at the recovery of the city are looking at the Arts Commission and its mandate to help to fulfill that, that economic imperative. So I'm, I'm only saying it would be interesting for all the academic output and all of the kind of theoretical and stuff where you can lecture on, but one of the drivers of this thing is how is this agency and its mandate helping to really bring San Francisco to where it should be. And I think beyond some of the data that Martin's talked about, there's been a lot of studies associating the economic competitiveness of a region with arts and culture, right? There's been, I think there was a flagship New York study that was done. Um, and I think we'll bring some of that research in, but also, you know, we're going to be thinking about, given that, and given that's likely to be a theme for this, how, you know, how do you need to position yourselves and sort of what is it going to take to make sure you're actually part of that conversation and part of the discussions at the city and county level about economic development, right, and economic recovery. Thank you. Any other comments from the commission? Uh, Mr. Tapia? Yes, 
Sorry, can I just add something really <laughs> fast to that? I think, sorry. Um, yeah, just to add to that really quickly, I think this, your question gets to the very end of this process in a lot of ways around measuring tools for success. What do the strategies look like going forward? Ultimately, this is meant what we're, we're going to be working with you all to create, both from the business and the strategic planning side, is implementation. How does this get implemented? How do the strategies, the opportunities, the actions, the recommendations get taken forward into real action? How does this, how do you all as the commission, the staff, the other organizations that you partner with use this document and turn it into something real? And that's where we'll start to identify those components for analysis to drive where we want to go for the measurement side and the tracking. And so that's one thing to keep in mind, I think, especially as we start to have conversations with you all, the other groups, the other organizations, the other committees, is who can we, who can we work with in the future to make sure this gets implemented? And, and to your point, President, who, who do we need to get in front of to let the other groups, the other departments, the other organizations in the city they may not believe that they're directly involved in arts and culture when in reality they are to help move this forward. It, a lot of this is going to be identifying partners, other organizations to help with this implementation. And that's gonna come forward again in, in the data research and the analysis, but a large part in the, the measurement and the strategies and how do we test and make sure over the next five years, 10 years, 15 years that what we're doing is actually successful and useful and across the board helpful, so just to add that. Thank you very much. Are there any more comments from the commission? Seeing none, is there any public comment on the strategic planning uh, introductory report? For those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium and fill out the public comment information card. We are currently on item number four. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You'll see a visual timer on the podium and receive a 30-second audible warning before your time concludes. I'm now requesting comments from those who are in person. Is there anyone who would like to make public comment? And I see no public comment. Public comment is closed for this item. I want to thank again you very much for your presentation. We're very excited about it. Now we're, I'm calling agenda item number five, and this is the nomination and election of the Arts Commission officers, discussion and possible action. I am now calling item number five, uh, the nomination and election of the Arts Commission officers and introducing nominating committee chair, Abby Schneer. Thank you, President Collins. Um, I, uh, this is... Uh, a discussion possible motion to nominate and elect the officers uh, for president and vice president for term beginning on January 1st 2024 the nominating committee approved the slate of Charles Collins as president and Janine Shiota as vice president um, the nominating committee has conducted interviews with the mayor's commission liaison the SFAC director and staff, and most of the commissioners. There were a few that were out of the country at that point, but we um, communicated with them through email. Uh, there were many robust conversations uh, about how we progress at SFAC in the future, and this is also helpful because of what we just heard. Um, there were many 
questions and comments about wanting to move forward with the strategic plan, so I think we're all thrilled to see the first steps starting here. Um, and uh, for the most part, commissioners are proud of uh, the SFAC's accomplishments and wish to strategically plan within our mission on how to move forward in positive and encompassing ways. So I think all of this is coming together rather well right now. Um, and there were thoughts on how the commission works, uh, which were reflected in our conversations, and many ideas that came up will be brought up at executive committee in order to discuss next steps. Um, and all the commissioners interviewed, along with STEM interviewed, and the mayor's office, we all recommended that we continue next year with the excellent leadership that we have had this year. So that's kind of where we've gotten to on it. I would like to open this up first to both uh, Commissioner Shelby and uh, 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 Commissioner, <coughs> excuse me. Sorry. No problem. It's all that chocolate. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and Commissioner Brenzel um, to see whatever comments they had. Um, they, uh, everyone I know worked hard and diligently to uh, get comments from all the commissioners and uh, all of these insights I always find are, are incredibly valuable and really appreciate the time everybody takes with it. So, and then of course to the full commission as well. Mm -hmm. Well, first, I'd like to thank Commissioner Schneer for leading this effort. Uh, a lot of positive things come out of these conversations. Often you don't get a chance to unpack with individual commissioners uh, like this process allows. Questions come up um, and solutions begin to take shape. Um, but I thought it was a very um, positive and important process to hear from the different people that I heard from and also to speak to Commissioner Brinzel um, on my end. And, and so I would think that even though I'm not sure if we're privy to all of the conversations, is there a way for us all to go, oh, this was, it doesn't have to have names associated, but this was communicated, this was communicated. Because you know I didn't hear all the conversations, just the ones I was part of. But is there a way that we have a summary of a lot of the information in a way that we might move on it? Um, uh, Laura, uh, can you help us out with this from a um, uh, legal uh, proper procedures? Is if we. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's possible. That will be a public document. Um, but that would be possible to do. So maybe I can work with uh, Alyssa um, on how we, how we would go about doing that. But there would be no problem to create such a document. You just have to remember that it's a public document. Right. Yeah. I, I think we're not looking so much as to who said what, but as to the uh, yeah. substance of what was said and to learn from it as a commission. Like a, a summary with bullet points of mm -hmm. topics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so I, and I, that, yes, there wouldn't be an issue with doing that. Well, the reason why I say that, because there, 
comments that we never talk about, you know, as a commission and or haven't, at least I haven't heard them. So I think it's valuable. I mean, maybe just to know what the summary of some of the dialogue was. You may want to agendize that, but we can talk about that as well, because you want to avoid having separate conversations outside of a publicly agendized meeting. So if there was such a document and everyone wanted to talk about it, then you would want to do that in an open public meeting. Thank uh, you. I, I think that it's probably best for us to refer this to staff to work out what, if anything, we would, um, we would uh, create. So let's, let's leave Commissioner Shelby's question as an open question by reference to Lauren Curry's um, comments. And, and now let's see where um, our agency director would, would take this. Okay, great. Thank you. And thank you uh, for your help on that. Okay, so we refer that. Um, I just want to plus one um, the thanks to Commissioner Schneer for leading us and nudging us through our work and organizing our work. That was great. And it was a wonderful experience getting to talk to people that I hadn't talked to very much. Uh, as a new commissioner, I think I described um, the experience as being sort of like a second orientation to the commission. Um, so next year, some of you others will get the um, experience of having a, a reorientation to the commission as well. Um, and I really appreciated everybody's time and responsiveness. So thank you all. And um, and thrilled with our um, motion that we're about to make, hopefully soon. Yep. <laughs> Hi, this is Commissioner Shiata. I just want to say thank you for support and for belief, but I just am so looking forward to supporting these two gentlemen in this big strategic planning. Um, it's a big endeavor, and I know these two uh, together are going to craft something and lead to something that is going to be very bold, <laughs> bold and bright <laughs> and wonderful uh, that we can all get behind. Um, so I just really appreciate uh, being able to uh, serve in that capacity and um, looking forward to the next uh, bench warmer um, that's that I'm, you know, that's out there <laughs> somewhere <laughs> in the commission. Yes, yeah. So um, I think it's a bit embarrassing for Janine and I to uh, make or make this motion because it says in the script that I make the motion, but I would love, for, I would love for the nominating. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Um, can, and can we step out or something? Yeah. yeah. Well, can I actually just add one other thing? I just want to also thank uh, them for being willing to yeah. um, stand for, because that's the other thing. This isn't a surprise to them that this is happening, and they've agreed to stand for re-election, and I just want to thank them. Okay, all right, so I will make the motion to nominate and elect um, uh, officers of the Arts Commission, President and Vice President for a term beginning on January 1st, 2024, the nominating committee approve the slate of Charles Collins as president and Janine Chioda as vice president. Do I have a motion? Second. Enthusiastically so move. Okay. <laughs> I thought that was a motion. <laughs> I, I was asking for the motion. Oh, okay. I was it. But it's okay. You, it, it's all right. So that she, Commissioner Chioda and I are... I think. Is that okay? okay. Yeah, we, I think we do. Yeah. Yeah, we do do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So let's ask for public comment first. But mm, at this yes. point, they can step out of the room if they so wish to do. Oh, and is there any additional commissioner comment at this point? Okay. Now, now any co public comment? Okay. Uh, for those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium and fill out the public comment information card. We're currently on item number five. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You'll see a visual timer on the podium and receive a 30-second audible warning before your time concludes. I'm now requesting comments from those who are in person. Is there anyone who would like to make public comment on the current agenda items? Seeing no public comment, public comment is now closed. Uh, do they need to step out of the room, or can I just take a roll call vote? Okay. Okay. Uh, qu question: Can can they can vote for themselves? Couldn't they if they wanted to? They can't. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So I'll go ahead and take a roll call vote, um, not including President Collins or Vice President Shiota. Commissioner Beltran. Um, this feels like my high school president vote. Um, <laughs> yes, I. Commissioner Benavides is absent. Commissioner Brenzel. Yes. Commissioner Carney. Yes. Commissioner Ferris is absent. Commissioner Hakimi. Yes. Commissioner Liu is absent. Commissioner McCoy. Yes. Commissioner Moosley. Yes. Commissioner Rothschild. Yes. Commissioner Schneider. A resounding yes. Commissioner Shelby. Yes. And Commissioner Stryker is absent, and the motion carries unanimously. I would like to make just a, an, uh, a very brief comment. And, you know, working with this staff, with this commission, with our agency council, with our community, is a very special, I think, responsibility and honor for both Janine and myself. Um, I, I love this work. I like to read every single, you know, bit of what we have to do. The questions that come up is we're all on a learning curve and we're trying to do the work of the commission. We are blessed by a staff and by leadership of this commission that makes everything that we do as commissioners even possible. And I know that behind the scenes, as each one of you are wrestling with your own constituents out there that call you up and have all of their questions, mm -hmm. um, how important it is for us to really stand behind you. And I, and I admire the discipline of the commission now is that we're learning that, we, that w there's a way that we can do our work, you know, um, with respect to our staff and to make sure that we're not you know, kind of independent wheels moving things along. But it does require that there's, there are lines of communication. And I, and I hope that we keep those lines understanding of our, of our uh, public requirements in terms of disclosure. But, you know, we're, I think we're getting to a nice equilibrium. Uh, staff is, is, is really greatly in place. Our administration is very, very strong. Our program, you know, the bench strength that is really developing 
augurs well for a future. And having both a strategic planning exercise, but also <coughs> the monuments and memorials work behind us, I think is putting us in a, in a good place. So I, I would like to say on behalf of Janine and, and me, that we are grateful for this opportunity because we're really so grateful to the staff and the commission that are pushing this work forward. Uh, I would like to say something here. Um, I think um, what, what folks don't know or may not know is that um, the work that uh, Vice President Shiota and President Collins do outside of this commission is extensive. So we have meetings and meetings and phone conversations and wrestle and debate with ideas and what's going to happen and where the direction we're going to go with 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 the with the body and and that they'd like to see with the agency i mean that happens all the time there's a lot of hours and hours of work uh president collins and i meet every single week uh we meet every single week and go through everything that happened or the pertinent things that happen in that week. So whether it's something that's happening politically uh, at City Hall, whether it's something that's happening with staff, whether there are big issues that we're wrestling with, whether there's sticky wickets that we have to deal with, we're constantly going back and forth week after week after week and dissecting these issues. And the same thing occurred with President uh, Ordignana. And so it's, it's important uh, for you to know, and, and I, you know, Pres Vice President Shiota will, will call me and, and say, look, you need to know about this, or what do you think about that, or uh, you know, I wanna draw your attention to this. I mean, this happens on a regular basis. So it's not just this meeting where we all sit up here and look pretty, <laughs> but it's, it's uh, happening it's a lot that's happening behind the scenes, and it's a lot of work that goes into this. So I just want to personally thank both of them for wanting to and be, being willing to serve again and to work with me and us and the agency. And uh, it's just uh, an honor and a privilege uh, to work with you both. So thank you so much. Break. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So where are we? We're no. Now we have the. Now we have some real work to do. Right, so we have completed that process. We have elected these officers for the pro tem. And now it's, it's wonderful, because I get to announce the, the commission uh, secretary. Um, you know, we, again, through another diligent process, a process where um, there is real strong competition for an agency that is high functioning. It is wonderful to welcome Manraj Diwali as our new agency secretary. I'd like to say a little bit more about him uh, because it's relevant to uh, his ability to take on such a position. Um, we already voted to approve his appointment. That was at our last meeting. So we have finished that, that legislative requirement. Um, but this is his first day, uh, and what a wonderful you know day you know for us because Manraj is a first generation South Asian Indian American born in Modesto, and grew up in Sanger. So we're looking at this kind of valley thing, Fresno, Modesto, <laughs> you know, Diwali and Ventry. So anyway, what's good about it though? Um, is that with a, an undergraduate degree from Cal State Fresno, 
Also, he earned a BA in business administration with an emphasis on management. So before coming to the Arts Commission, Manraj served as the administrative assistant to the Fresno County Superintendent of Schools, where he worked diligently to support the Board of Education and their public meetings supporting executive leadership and helping to ensure an equitable and brighter future for the families and children of the 32 school districts represented in Fresno County. In his free time, he enjoys playing tennis. I imagine that that paddle ball thing that they're doing with a <laughs> pickleball. pickleball. Pickleball is, <laughs> you know, having an uptick, but also taking and editing pictures and working out um, and spending a lot of time with his family and friends. So he's excited uh, to work and to grow at the Arts Commission, and um, he's allowed to kind of focus now in this new career opportunity, supporting um, you know, both here in the commission and also in his outside world, conditions of people um, in community. And so that was one of the things that I think rested him, you know, in the in the process was this this idea that community really matters, and this is going to be another part of your community. So I want to thank you, Secretary Diwali, and congratulate you on your new role. Are there any comments that we would like to have about this? President Collins, can I add one thing? We do need to share out what the vote was. Oh, okay. um, In the first section of your script. Um, so... At the top of the page. At the... Would you help to remove... Sure. So I'll go ahead and share. So at the November 6, 2023 meeting of the Full Arts Commission, the commission voted unanimously with 13 votes to appoint a pending contingent on final negotiation coordination with DHR in closed session, which has already happened, and Commissioners Shiota and Carney were absent at that meeting. Thank you. Legislative history is important. Mm. Sorry for missing that. Um, Commissioner, I mean, uh, Director Remington, please. Uh, thank you, President Collins. Uh, I, I just want to say that uh, we are delighted uh, to welcome uh, Commissioner Diwali and, and uh, Commissioner Diwali, <laughs> Secretary Diwali, uh, Commissioner Secretary Diwali. And uh, it, uh, Manraj really rose to the top of uh, really quickly, I mean, right away uh, when we uh, interviewed uh, the pool of applicants. Uh, he, he stood out uh, with, for several of the things that President Collins mentioned. Uh, we are just delighted and know that he's going to bring a lot to the table uh, as, as we go through the next five, six, seven, ten years. So, so thank you so much for being willing to move here and uh, relocate and join our our team, so uh, we, we're, we're so pleased that you're here, so thank you. Welcome. Yeah. Any other commissioner comments? Um, commissioner Beltran. Thank you, uh, President Collins. Um, welcome. As you can tell, we are so absolutely thrilled that you're here and um, at a meeting before this that you weren't at. Um, the most important judge of whether you could um, do this role was our commission secretary, Alyssa. And believe me, I mean, I think <laughs> you have big shoes to fill. It's like size 20 or something. <laughs> <laughs> Only seven and a half. Okay. Seven and, a half. <laughs> um, and she just went over the top in, in terms of how excited she was 
for your candidacy. So we could not be more thrilled and welcome. It was that Fresno thing. <laughs> <laughs> Any other commissioner comments? And it's probably good for us to say, Secretary, former Secretary and now Chief of Staff Ventry, uh, we're thrilled that there is this wonderful continuity that as you move into your role, as you already have, that you can be alleviated of the Secretary role, <laughs> uh, but also that you can be an able mentor uh, to Monraj as he, you know, learns the, the tools of, of this job. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, is there any public comment on uh, item number six? For those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium and fill out the public comment information card. We are currently on item number six. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking, and you'll see a visual timer on the podium and receive a 30-second audible warning before your time concludes. I'm now requesting comments from those who are in person. Is there anyone who would like to make public comment? Seeing none, public comment is closed on this agenda item. So... Um just make sure I am where I'm supposed to be. Uh, we are now calling item number seven. Number seven are committee reports and committee matters and discussion. The first I'm calling is agenda item seven, sub item number one, the visual arts committee report. Um, Commissioner Ferris is not here, but Commissioner Ferris's report will be given by Commissioner Beltran. Beltran. Thank you, President Collins. Um, as President Collins mentioned, uh, Visual Committee Chair Ferris is under the weather today and requested I give the VAC report on her behalf. <clears throat> at the meeting, options of relocation or removal of the sculpture Dragon Relief at the Chinatown Public Health Center due to upcoming renovations of the center that include the replacement of the eastern wall of the building where the sculpture is currently sited with windows was presented. Dragon Leaf was commissioned in 1969 and installed in 1970 by artist Patty Bowler for $27,500. Staff presented a thorough report including the history of the artwork, conservation consultations about the potential reciting of the artwork, legal consultations of proposed alternations to the artwork, and the community engagement through both community meetings and a survey. After a lengthy discussion and hearing public comment, the committee voted to remove the sculpture and place it into storage. I, uh, agenda item number two, the visual, uh, arts committee, art, uh, visual committee report. Project manager Dorka Keen presented the design and plaque text for the new Mayor Ed Lee bust. Um, I just wanted to emphasize she's not a project manager of the Arts Commission. <laughs> she's um, She's overseeing this project separately as a consultant. Uh, Ms. Keene had been working with Mayor Adley's family on the selection of the artist, Jonah Hendrickson, and design of the bust. In describing the bust, Keene stated that the family wanted Mayor Lee to be portrayed as a man of the people and not towering above the people. As a result, Mayor Lee is portrayed looking down from the plinth as if viewers are in conversation with him. The installation will include a stone plaque on the face of the existing plinth with the text in English and Chinese. Number three, the completed two-dimensional artwork program at 49 South Venice was presented. 
The program features 66 individual artworks by 38 artists and is installed in the building's common areas throughout floors 2 through 16. The first round of 2D artwork installations occurred in April 2021, 32 artworks by 15 artists. Due to the success and popularity of the 2D artwork program at the 49 South Van Ness building, along with additional project funds, a second round of 2D artwork purchases was implemented and installed in October 2023, with an additional 34 works by 23 artists. All artists are either Bay Area-based or have a meaningful connection to the Bay Area. The artwork ranged in media, in, the artwork ranged in media and includes painting, drawing, fabric, quilting, photography, collage, and mixed media. Uh, this is not in the script, but I would like to add um, my huge compliments on behalf of the Visual Arts Committee, um, Chair Ferris, uh, about the incredible performance of the Public Art Program Group this year. Thank you. Um, are there any discussion or comments about the Visual Arts Committee report? Yes. Hi, Commissioner Shioda. Um, I just wanted to say I, on both projects that you uh, brought up, the health center with the dragon, that's been a, like almost a two-year conversation, maybe longer. So I commend you for going through it. And I know there's extensive community engagement and talks with the artist and the architects and the building envelope as it is, you know, existing conditions, what people want, what can, you know, effectively actually be done. So, um, so I'm sure that that was a difficult and um, decision, but well, you know, well, well gone after and sorted through. Um, and also I wanted to um, compliment uh, ex-commissioner Dork Keen um, because the Ed Lee bust has also been a very, very, very long conversation, long in coming, um, you know, just many uh, different stakeholders and conversations. So she's been at that for many, four years is, you know, very long time. So, um, so thanks for uh, leading both of those. Yeah. Um, if, if I can, I also would like to uh, comment particularly on the, um, on the uh, uh, Chinatown uh, on the dragon. And I think one of the things that was so helpful through this process was um, having the monuments and memorials um, guidelines there so that we could go through that really helped us in what was a difficult process to figure out how to move forward with. And I also um, want to thank uh, Mary Chu and all of the visual arts uh, staff that worked so hard on this. Um, it was a long process, but I think the thoroughness really helped us to come up with a good decision. So I thank you for that. Um, Commissioner Hakimi, I just want to go on the record about this because this really, uh, I want to point out, I, I want to thank the staff uh, regarding the dragon relief. Um, the decision to move it um, to storage was a, was a long discussed and there was a lot of other options. I had the privilege of sitting at a meeting at the planning department with the architects and so forth and the design, but it was an after fact. And I just want to raise that issue because I raised this issue at that meeting. I like to raise, I wasn't at the visual art meeting, so I didn't get a chance to put my input about 
this whole situation. Um, I understand that today this sculpture does not fit the community in any way. But I also want to put it in perspective that 1969 when this was approved, it was the first female artist. I just want to point that out. And I think it was what, at the first public, I think uh, the first um, commission that was paid, grant that was given to a female artist. So what happened in this situation was the architects went through the whole process. It was a very, I know it was a rigorous and a very difficult process and was challenging because it was, we had to go back and forth. All the community outreach was not done properly. We had to go back and do all of that. But I do want to point out, I said that at the meeting when I sat with the architects, what bothered me about this whole process was this didn't have to come down to this point. By the time they came and offered to remove the sculpture on top of the roof, it was an afterthought. They had not thought about this as an art piece that was owned by the city. And it really bothered me a little bit. And I want to point that out. I think it's essential as a commission. We have the obligation to make sure our artists are represented and taken care of, even 60 years later. Mm -hmm. This should have not been an afterthought. That architectural design should have been thoughtful of keeping the origin of the intent of the sculpture. It opened the Pandora box for us because they didn't do the job. And I think, the, the, and, and on fairness, the planning department team that should have been working with them should have pushed back. The easy solution was to remove the sculpture. And went back and forth on that meeting, I was actually one of the people who suggested that we should actually put it in the storage because <laughs> by that point, there was no point of trying to reconfigure. As an art lawyer, I would be offended if one of my artist clients, 60 years later, who's dead and doesn't have any estate or anybody to come and have an opinion about it, we come and decide how we're going to reconfigure the art. That is not, that should never be on anybody. And I really want to point that out, and I want, to, I want to make a comment about that. I think we ended up to the right conclusion at the moment because this was a path that we had to come to. But I want to encourage us and our staff and our city as a whole. Nobody should be having this conversation as an afterthought when this is a piece of art that we actually own. It's in our collection. And I just want to point out also the cost. The architect saved a lot of money by us storing it. And I raised that issue. I don't know what that issue came up again at the visual art. That, our, that architecture firm got saved a lot of money. So I just want to, we actually lost the money as a city. And I just need to, I wanted to make sure that, because I wasn't at a visual art meeting, and I just wanted to point that out. So again, congratulations to all of you, because maybe I know how hard this was, and your staff, and you guys did a brilliant job. But I also want to encourage us to kind of be thoughtful about these process, because it's going to come up again. We're at the point where we're going to remove a lot of sculptures or because of buildings need to be upgraded. So we need to really be mindful, and this should be part of our strategy, decision-making in the future, about buildings that are getting upgraded. Thank you for your time. <clears throat> Thank you, Masa. Um, that came up in several civic design review meetings, and I just hope that the dragon doesn't remain in storage. It is um, one of the first art pieces from this commission. And as Masa pointed out, from a female as well. And I hope it doesn't linger in the basement of um, Brooks Hall forever. I hope there is a place for it at some point. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Carney, Carney and Commissioner Hakimi. Um, in answer to both of your uh, comments, I just wanted to, um, since neither of you were able to make the meeting, we did discuss both of those points. and. Uh, our public art staff is already on um, on the job of looking for a new place 
for that sculpture to be exhibited publicly somewhere, um, somehow in the city, and and not, you know, languish in storage. Uh, and secondly, uh, for to Commissioner Hakimi's point, um, uh, our prior um, director of cultural affairs, um, Tom DeCaney, worked very, very hard in changing the partnership between the city architects and engineers and the Arts Commission uh, to make sure that art was incorporated at Concept Zero, which was something that hadn't happened before, where they would build a building, you said, and then they would just say, oh, we have to spend a couple percent on art, where should we put it? <laughs> um, and of course, that wasn't done in 69, uh, because you know that was before that. But for whatever reason, the art was conceptualized when the building was built, and I think part of it was because the architect happened to have a relationship with the artist and the graphic designer. And so that was a fortuitous um, occurrence, but then, and, and planning, but now fast forward, that didn't happen. <laughs> and I think that that is critical, as you were saying, that we should adopt the same procedures um, as an arts commission in terms of our partnerships with the renovated buildings to make that decision at concept zero of the renovations in terms of where does the artwork fit so we don't end up having plop art where we have to stick somewhere because we have to spend the two percent so i i'm in complete i think um the visual arts committee is in complete agreement with that thank you uh, commissioner Kimi. i just want to point out it was really insulting to me when i pushed back on the architects and you know people don't assume i understand because i'm a lawyer what do i know about civic design and architecture but when I pushed back on them, their response to me was, there was a great view we want to maximize. That's the reason they removed that sculpture. And I just want to point that out. That is, that is not a justification for removing a public art that is owned by the city. And the design that they offered was horrendous. I would have never approved having it on the, on the, on the roof like the way they did, because it completely changed the integrity of that artwork. Mm. So I just want to point out, we, we really, we do have the obligation to push back. Mm -hmm. I want to encourage us to do that. We, that's our job. And if we don't do that, we're failing our artists. So I just want to, in the future, this was a learning curve for me personally. I was new to this. I didn't understand my responsibilities. But I want to encourage us to be mindful of all of that. Thank you. Um, is there any further discussion on the um, is there? Yeah, are there any other commissioner comments? I just want to make one last comment, and that was that for those of you who were able to attend the Visual Arts Committee meeting where we discussed this and had extensive community input as well as extensive explanation of our um, public art staff and um, that it showed the best of the public process in terms, it really did, in terms of a, a collaboration of the community, of, of our staff, of our commissioners, of the process, um, and we were all extremely proud um, at the result, so. Um. Hi, this is Commissioner Shiota, one more thing. Um, and I would like to say that I really, you've always, um, JD's such a huge advocate for artists um, and um, art integrity. So I just want to put on public record that n no one in this body, staff, um, commissioners, anyone, takes um, dismantling or taking off art or storing art um, we take it so seriously and you know like the picture of the dragon in pieces on the vertical yeah. was so alarming I was like wait a minute you can't <laughs> how can an architect reimagine or replay you know how can that that's so yes that conversation between you know the architect and and it's hard because 
where does art and architecture, like we don't want to stand in the way of their architectural design and functionality as civic buildings, and yet, right, um, and, and I think the dialogue starting early so that it doesn't get to this tension point farther on down the chain is certainly better, so thank, thank, thank you. Thank you for sticking up for artists. <coughs> thank you, Commissioner Chiota. Artwork is not a Lego set. Um. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, is there any, um, are there any public comments on the Visual Arts Committee report? For those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium and fill out the public information card. We are currently on item seven, sub-item one. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You'll all see a visual timer on the podium and receive a 30-second audible warning. Um, do we have any public comment? Seeing none, public comment is closed for this item. Thank you very much. I'm now calling agenda item number eight, which is the consent. At this point, are there any commissioner recusals on the consent calendar items? I'm hearing and seeing that. Um, so we'll now um, uh, we'll take all the consent calendar items. Sorry? Can you speak into your microphone? Yes, please? I can. Um, so any discussion uh, by the commission on any of the consent calendar items? Um, I want to remind commissioners first to respond by making a motion. Um, and the motion would be to approve the consent calendar items as presented. Could I have a motion and a second? So move, Commissioner Beltran. Second, Commissioner Schneer. Thank you. So there is no commissioner comment. Is there any public comment on the agenda item number eight, consent calendar? For those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium and fill out the public information card. We are currently on item number eight. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking, and you'll see a visual timer on the podium and receive a 30-second audible warning. I'm now requesting comments from those in person. Do we have any public comment? Seeing none, public comment is closed on this item. Thank you. I'm now calling agenda item number nine. This is new business and announcement discussion, current administrative. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's have a, uh, the vote. I'm sorry. I'm calling now. All those in favor of the approval of the consent calendar, please say aye. 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 Those opposed? All right. Thank you. It's that chocolate. I <laughs> <laughs> or, some, or some excuse. It might be senescent. I'm not sure. <laughs> Chuck Collins and the Chocolate Factory. Right. I should have run a little CT scan before you re-elected me. <laughs> so uh, agenda item number nine, new business and announcements. Are this any current budgetary, administrative, legislative, and programming developments and announcements? Uh, before we get to commissioner comments, I'm going to ask for the commissioner, uh, I mean the director of cultural affairs to make any comments in this item number nine. Uh, thank you, President Collins. Uh, so the holiday season, uh, this holiday season, the San Francisco Arts Commission invites everyone to shop local 
and support local artists and craft makers. And SFAC is hosting an art vendor pop-up market at the War Memorial Veterans Building Lobby on Thursday, December 14th, 2023, from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. So stop by, pick up a gift or two for yourself or your loved ones. Uh, that's the War Memorial Art Vendor Market Pop-Up, War Memorial Veterans Building Lobby at 401 Van Ness Avenue, right across the street where our offices are, uh, Thursday, December 14th, 2023, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. That is it. Thank you. Um, Hi, Commissioner Shiota here. Uh, the um, entwined meadow that was just on the um, consent calendar is going to open. They're, they're adding uh, a mother tree. Um, they always have fun parties. And then I think the city is doing a bunch of light shows, um, Glow SF, and um, a lot of downtown activations. So um, I know I plan to go to, to Union Square and just park it. I want to see the puppies are back for us. For oh, Macy's. And, um, and they did the art, the art walk or the vendor walk. So um, that's all. Christmas fun. Mm -hmm. Holiday fun. Commissioner Beltran, I'm seeing your eyes. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you, President Collins. Uh, brief announcement. One is that my very, very creative students at San Francisco State University have just launched their latest and last exhibition for the semester. Um, they created uh, 20 new tiles and sourced sustainable materials from all over the world and got them a five-inch by five-inch sample so artists and designers could learn about new sustainable climate-friendly materials with which to make their products and work. And then as a showcase, uh, they made an Ikea-like showroom in, um, in the gallery by dumpster diving in the SF State um, garbage bag, excuse me, garbage bin, <laughs> that too, bag too, and created an entire showroom with a bedroom, bathroom, living room, and yes, and kitchen from old Target boxes, from um, from uh, trash, hmm. from the uh, elevator employees who were redoing the elevator even saw what we were doing and donated their wooden spools for cable spools and they transformed them into tables. Uh, I'll send everyone pictures, but that exhibit is up until like Thursday and they were quite proud. It's pretty exciting and we got some national press on that, so. Well, excellent. Any other uh, commissioner comments, Commissioner Hakimi, and I'm Shelby. Yeah, uh, I wanted to, I, you, you, uh, Commissioner uh, Shiota just mentioned, but I had the pleasure of actually going to opening night for the SF Glow or Glow SF. Sorry, I don't remember which one it is. With the mayor when they turned up, the, really, if you don't get to go see all six of them, please go to Ferry Building and uh -huh. definitely go to the one on the Montgomery Street and market. It is exceptional. Yeah. It's a three-dimensional. It makes the entire ferry building go 360 degrees turning, even though it's not really moving. It's No, it is legal in California. Wow. <laughs> It starts in SF. It starts in SF. It was a trip, that's for sure. But the Montgomery one is really artistically extraordinary. It's like a, pa a paper, a paper story, and it really. And those two are the only ones that are one single artist. The other ones have several different artists doing work. All of them are great, but these two were 
exception. I saw the instruments. I haven't seen them lit. I was walking around Montgomery Street. Are those proprietary? Who owns those those lighting instruments? They're lighting the equipment. Or the yeah. The equipment, I think A3 owns them, um, and, and the artists own all the creative, but they work with them to create. They're the same company who did the stuff at the SF Asia. Got it. So that's why I, that's why I went, because I... Yeah, I was just wondering if... But and, and they're international artists. They're, these some of them are world-renowned designer artists. Like the it's first two. December one to the twelfth or something. Yeah, I think it ends in t in, in a week. So oh, make sure yeah, you go fast. see it if you get a chance. It's too fast. I know. It's yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I just wanted to invite everyone. Every this is our maybe our eighth year of uh, our holiday concert at SF Jazz on December 17th with my new orchestra and Tiffany Austin. December 17th, uh, come on out if you want to. We're doing a Nutcracker Suite, Duke Ellington's Nutcracker Suite and some other holiday arrangements that I did. Um, and uh, we're doing Nutcracker three different times, one in Sacramento this Friday, one in Santa Rosa on the 23rd at the Luther Burbank. So just wanted to announce that. I'm kind of sad that our consultant friends left because I, I needed to tease one of them <laughs> about the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one, he gave me some serious mustache goals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. that's, that's the team right there. That was cool. He <laughs> <laughs> yeah. had the wax going. Oh. <laughs> oh. That was cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, just, I just wanted to also compliment Commissioner Shelby on his hat, and I need to get your source. I have some Christmas presents I need to buy. I was reminded that it's a Martin Luther McCoy sort of it is. style. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Who's playing at the Black Cat? Even the, the fingernails. Oh. <laughs> Who's playing at the Black Cat on Sunday? Yes, on the 10th. So the funk that stole Christmas. So if you want <laughs> a uh, funky oh, Christmas what, what um, on Sunday the 10th, the, uh, Sunday the 10th. 10th. So it is the funk that stole Christmas. So we're going to have a good time. A, so I would, I would uh, like to congratulate Commissioner Brinzel for his appointment mm -hmm. as an arts commissioner. It happened again today. He had fulfilled an uncompleted, incomplete term of uh, Deborah Walker. Oh. Uh, and so now he was reappointed and sworn in today uh, for another four years. So yeah. I actually have a couple announcements, thanks, if that's all right. Um, I have a couple concerts with the San Francisco Symphony and Chorus. We are doing Handel's Messiah this Friday and Saturday. Um, and then... Uh, we're also, the Charlie Brown Christmas show is back at the symphony. It was running right up until the pandemic, but then we hadn't been doing it. And it's a live action dance. A bunch of dancers from all over the Bay Area um, do uh, a wonderful show of the Charlie Brown Christmas um, mm -hmm. special with the live music and the orchestra. Uh, that is the no, 20th through the 23rd. December 20th through the 23rd, four performances, two matinees, two evenings. Um, and then the other thing I just wanted to mention, you may or may not know this, but the San Francisco Symphony was recently nominated for a Grammy Award for its recording of uh, Stravinsky's Rite of Spring. And the San Francisco Symphony Chorus, which included me, was nominated for a Grammy for Best Choral Performance and Recording for Ligeti's Lux Eterna. We are one of five nominees. 
and they'll announce the winners on February 4th. It was a very interesting recording. We did it during COVID and we were all in isolated sound booths. Um, so um, the recording used some really advanced recording technology so that we could make a recording wow. um, and sing while we couldn't sing. So it was actually really kind of a moving experience and the fact that we won this um, nomination is really, really exciting for the San Francisco Symphony yeah. and the chorus. Seth, how, how many individual voices were recorded? There were 16 of us who were the, the singers in that one. Is this MTT or is it a different um, No, both of those were with Esapeka. Oh, um, The one we did in the sound booth, though, he, we never saw him because it was in the sound booth, so, yeah. Was he in Finland? Yeah. No, <laughs> he did all the editing, I think, and all the mastering, so. Oh. Yeah, thank you. Mastering? Yeah, the, the mastering of the recording. The recording, yeah, I know. Yeah. Mastering yeah. as much as <laughs> Oh, no, but he was probably in the recording booth just to make sure it right. all laid down, yeah. Are there any other um, new business or announcements? <coughs> no? I'm now going to ask for any public comments on agenda item number nine, new business and announcements. For those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium and fill out the public information card. We're currently on item number nine. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking, and you'll see a visual timer on the podium and receive a 30-second audible warning before your time concludes. Do we have any public comment? Seeing no public comment, public comment is closed for this item. Sorry. We have no public comment. Then agenda item number nine is closed. Uh, agenda item number 10 is our in memoriam. Um, we recognize and honor individuals, artists, cultural leaders, and philanthropists who have made an impact to San Francisco arts and the cultural landscape and who have recently passed. We have a number of folk we want to acknowledge, recognize, and celebrate in memoriam this month. The first person we honor is Lawrence Larry Griffin. He was a Rec and Park Commissioner who passed July 5th, 5th, 2023 at the age of 69. Larry Griffin was a longtime San Francisco uh, labor leader, political strategist, and champion of those in need. He lived most of his life in the Western Edition where he grew up. Larry proudly served on the Elections Commission, the Fire Commission, the Humans, Human Rights Commission, and was recently appointed to Reckon Park. I knew him growing up. Eleanor Badgley Arno, who is a painter, passed July 15th, 2023, at the age of 97. Helen Elaine Harper was born April 20th, 1926 in Omaha, Nebraska, the only child of Harriet and Charles Harper. Badgley Arno founded the St. Louis, uh, San Luis Obispo Art Center, where she worked as an instructor and curator, and the uh, first where her work was shown. In 1965, the family moved to San Francisco, and she would go on to paint seven mayoral portraits. Her introduction to mayors was made by uh, socialite Patty Costello, a friend of then-Mayor Diane Feinstein. Her shadowy depiction of Feinstein oil led to portraits of succeeding mayors Art Agnos, Frank Jordan, Willie Brown, 
Gavin Newsom, Ed Lee, and Lyndon Breed. Joyce Manolo, an artist and former SFAC colleague, passed away on July 17, 2023. For decades, she played a central role in shaping and strengthening, strengthening Filipino <coughs> arts and culture, particularly in San Francisco's Filipino Cultural Heritage District, SF MoMA Filipinas. She supported countless shows and Filipino art, American artists from helming Bindlestiff Studio to leading the theater group of Teatro Ang Tanan in the late 1990s and the Asian American arts organization, the Kearney Street Workshop. Her work and her spirit will have a lasting impact on the San Francisco Filipino American community that she so loved. Joyce's final weeks were spent at her home under the care of Alan, her devoted husband of 28 years, and Boni Juan, her brother, visiting from Manila along with his wife, Elnora. Um, um, Lynn Smith, arts patron who passed in 20, in, on September 20, there's not a break in this paragraph, I'm sorry about that. Um, Lynn Smith, arts patron, passed on September 23, 2023 at age 75. William Lynn Smith, a longtime San Francisco was arguably the city's most beloved arts patron, died September 23rd of kidney disease and open heart failure at age 75. Smith was a familiar presence at the War Memorial Opera House and Davies Symphony Hall. He grew up in Salinas um, and Sunnyvale, an only child and developed a sense of independence early on. As a teenager, he rode the bus from Sunnyvale to San Francisco to see movies and stage musicals. His love for the arts began when his parents took him to the Ice Follies mm. mm -hmm. the long, at the long-gone Winterland Ballroom. Mm -hmm. How many people around here actually went to Ice Follies? Shipstads and Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I need that. I don't, I don't have one. We're going to share this. Um, uh, Richard D. May, actor, who passed on October 28th at age 65. Richard was formerly homeless, was preparing to make his stage debut in an African-American Shakespeare Company adaptation of Arthur Miller's play, Death of a Salesman. Richard was hit and killed by a driver who ran a red light on his way to rehearsal. Man, Richard had recently traveled to New York City and Los Angeles as part of an actor's workshop funded by Mayor London Breed's Dreamkeeper Initiative. Chief Yagbe Awalowo Anilu, master African drummer and composer who passed on November 2nd at age 67, Chief Yagbe Inilu was a master drummer, composer, diviner, and lecturer. He was born in 1956 in Haiti. His family settled in New York when he was a young child. A master of West African, Cuban, and Haitian traditional instruments, he was also singer and teacher. 
After moving to California in 1976, he performed with numerous dance and music groups throughout the SF Bay Area. He also conducted workshops and performances with internationally renowned ensembles from Africa and Cuba. He had profound influence in the African diaspora community and was a respected elder and influential tradition bearer. He trained and influenced two generations of musicians and dancers in the SF Bay Area arts community. That concludes our tributes. Is there anyone who uh, has someone to add? Uh, seeing none. Um, are there any comments by the commission on the memorial uh, in memoriam? Uh, I, I just wanted to note that the in the second or third slide, there was an artist who had a painting of London Breed in the photo. I don't know if you saw that. That's actually a painting that's hanging in. Uh, room 200. I don't oh, know yeah. people knew that, but I happened to see that today at my swearing-in. That painting there is hanging in room 200. Anyhow, I just thought people should know. It's, you can go see it. So funny. I thought that was and I wanted to, <laughs> to add to Commissioner Brinsell's oh. comment that oh. all of the other portraits of prior mayors by um, Ms. Arno are also hanging. Yeah. <laughs> there. Yeah. They're all there. Yeah. It's all, Which all is there really on great. 200. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Room 200 is just the mayor's office. The, the Wonderful. Anybody can walk in. Commissioner uh, Branzel, they just uh, posted your picture for swearing in, and were you handshaking? Yeah, this yeah no, that's why. I, yeah, it was it's like, on, wait, on I, I just seen that photo it's an expected. hour ago. Um, yeah, <laughs> or that, that or art, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you're not, I'm glad that's not in memoriam. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Uh, any other commissioner comments on the in memoriam? <laughs> Is there any public comment on the in memoriam? For those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium and fill out the public comment information card. We are currently on item number 10. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking, and you'll see a visual timer on the podium and receive a 30-second audible warning before your time concludes. Do we have any public comment? Seeing no public comment, public comment is closed. Public comment being closed, I now call agenda item number 11, adjournment. Okay.